The word comes from two Latin roots, omnis, which means all, and scientia, which means knowledge. Scientia is the same word that we get our English word science. When Christians say God is omniscient, they mean that God knows all things, the past, the present, and the future. God is the source of all knowledge. God also knows all the potentialities of any situation. He knows all the probabilities. Nothing, nothing surprises God. Amen? God knows, this, is, this, is, this could be a scary thing. It should be a scary thing, I should say. God knows every person's thoughts, even before we think it. Now again, if we read, um, I'm going to try to unpack Psalm 139 verses 1 to 4. So the first point is God knows. Verse 1, it reads, you, searched, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Now there's many things to amaze us about our God, right? There's so many things about Him that should keep us wondering. And, and as we wonder, we should be wondering in awe. Like, how can that be? How can there be a being that knows all things? How can there be a being so powerful like that, that he would know the deepest thoughts that I have? Now, there's so many things about God that is amazing, but that's one particular thing that I think us Christians, we take it for granted to a point that we take it, we neglect it, which explains the way we approach our prayer life and our Christian faith altogether, our walk. Now, David knew that God knew all his mistakes, right? And we know I don't want to be presumptuous, but I'm assuming that we are all in, we know David's life, right? He was David and Goliath. From there, he became king. He had so many challenges between him and Saul. And then he had that great fall with Bathsheba, all right? And then he had so many failures in his family. Um, but then God, David knew that God knew all of that, but yet God still loves him. God knew all his sins, all his imperfections, but despite all that, we can tell in the life of David that God never stopped loving him. As a matter of fact, David was used as a standard bearer for all the kings. He was the one that people were being compared to. He is not like my servant David, David who is after my own good heart. Now David is humbled and amazed as he pens I'm assuming, as he pens Psalm 139. Because the more, this is, this is the truth, Christians, the more we know God, the more we know God, this is, this is what should happen to us. This is what should happen to us. The more we should be humbled. The more we should realize that we are undeserving of this holy being. The more we get to know Him, the more we get to know how loving He is, the more we get to know how unloving we are. The more we know of His gentleness, the more we should know about our harshness, our rudeness. The more we see His patience and learn more about His patience, His long-suffering for us, the more we should realize that we are impatient. 
Now, Jeremiah 1.5 reads, <laughs> I knew before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. That's the same, I believe, in verse 15 and 16 in Psalm 139, when Paul, uh, David wrote, My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven, woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now this is, this is God knew us. God knew Jeremiah before he was, before he was in his mother's room. David says and, and makes us remember and realize too that God knew our unformed body. Isn't that amazing about God? And then again, again, the most amazing thing again is as we know of our imperfections, as we know and realize of how unworthy we are of God, the more we should realize that, oh my gosh, you know me. You really know me, but yet you still love me. Right? Isn't that how we become really close to people? That's when we know they really love us. Once they see the ugliest part of us. Right? Right? It's, it's away from the Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram filter. It's the real you. It's without makeup for the girls. It's without the t-shirt that's hiding the belly, belly for the guys. Right? It's, it's the ugly, unadulterated us. But yet, with all of that, they will still love us. And vice versa. When we see the ugly thing, ugly personality, ugly attitude, but yet we still love them, then we know. We know we love them. But you know what? God surpasses all of that. God knew everything. Before you put that tithes and offering envelope in the basket, and you said, oh, Lord, you owe me again. You haven't blessed me for a while. He knew that even before you thought about it. He knew it. He knew it. When you were writing that check for him, you were like, oh, my gosh, I can't even believe I'm writing you again. I just gave you this. He knew it. He heard it even before you thought about it. Isn't that, a, isn't that crazy? For me, that's, 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 that's scary. Because I don't want people knowing what I'm thinking. I really don't. That's why I didn't want to be a pastor. But, but, but when, when you do, when you finally do that, some people don't like what you have to say. Right? Not everybody would like what you have to say. Not everybody like what, you, what you're thinking, would like to know what you're thinking. But with God, He knows all of it. He knows the hurt, the offenses, the offensive things that you've said against him and to others. Um, Jamie, can you please put me a timer for me? 25 minutes, please. Um, so God knows who we are. Amen? God knows everything. God knows who we are. God knows what we're thinking, even before we think it. The question is, do we know him? So th this, this is not a matter of our Christian life is not a matter of this. I hope I have everybody's attention. Christian life is not a matter of God knows. Christian life is about us knowing who God is. 
Because God already knows, right? When I'm trying to counsel people and then they tell me, well, God knows, Pastor. We both know that God knows. The question is, do you know? Do you know what God wants from you? Do you know what God wants or how God wants you to live? What his will is for you? Do you know how he wants you to spend your life? That's the question. The question is, do we know? Because yes, God knows. God knows what? God knows everything. But do we know what, what we have to do for him? Do we know what he wants from us? That should be the question. And that will be the main reason or the big idea for our series of God Knows. The second point tonight is God knows where we are. Now, bear with me for a minute. It's not just location, but it'll sound like this location. Yeah, I know where you guys are, Reno. That's not, not just that. Uh, verse 2 to 3, you know when I sit. Um, next slide, okay. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You know, uh, you are familiar with all my ways. Again, David's amazement of God's knowledge might look simple for us or to the person that just reads the book or the, the line. But if you dig in deeper, David is amazed on how not just keen, not just keen, not just observing carefully, but actually caring. God just doesn't know, but God cares. God cares when we're sleeping. God cares when we're awake. God cares when we can handle the trials that he has sent us. God cares. God knows where, where our tolerance is when it comes to trials, although we don't, right? He does. God knows it. And that's where, where David is, is, that's what David is amazed with. He's saying, you know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar and you discern my going out and my lying down. Um, next slide, please. All right. Never mind. Well, verse 23, when it reads there, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, God knows and he sees us. Not just physically, although he does, right? He knows what location we're in, what we're feeling. But this is, this is the other thing. God knows, and we all say it. We all say it, but I think we say it carelessly and without thinking about it. God knows our hearts. God knows our hearts. God knows the intention of every action that we take. God knows the intention and meaning, the real meaning of every word that we have said. And, uns and did not say, or lack of words, or lack of actions. God knows every intention behind those actions or inaction. Now da David here, knowing this truth, he begs God to be the one to reveal to him what he has done that David no longer knows about. Because when we're sinning, and we keep on sinning, sin makes us callous. Sin makes us no longer feel, right? Remember, I don't know if, well, maybe it's too much information, but 
<laughs> if you have callus on your feet, right, on one of your toes, that part would no longer feel so much of the poking or whatever you do to it because there's that, that in Tagalog, the callo, not food for my Hispanic brothers, the callos, no, but the callo covers it because it's already like an extra skin there that's blocking, right? So that's sin. Sin makes us callous to a point that we don't even know because we're just doing it. And it's just so familiar to us and we think it's no longer a big deal and we believed in the, the, the lie of the enemy and then we no longer ask for God for forgiveness for it. That's why it's so important that we, we always ask God. It doesn't have to be line by line like this, but just knowing, asking God, Lord, you know better than I do. That's again, recognizing that he knows better than us. You know better than I do what I have done against you that I'm probably no longer aware of. I'm no longer aware of it. Right? So he says he's begging God to be the one to tell him what he has done wrong against God. Because sin makes us callous. But no, God knows our hearts. You know, in the illustration of this is in Hebrews. In Hebrews 4... I think we have it, okay. 4, 12 to 13. For the word of God is living and active, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This should give us reverent fear, church, my brothers and my sisters. Because we can present ourselves well here at church on a Sunday and Wednesday basis. We can present ourselves well to our brothers and sisters, you know, because we don't want them to maybe, what, sympathize with us. We just don't want them to be in our business, so we're going to present ourselves like we got it all together. But, you know, we're, we're just not kidding ourselves. We're actually lying to God. Because the, the most important thing is, is, is us knowing that God knows. And if, it, if God knows that there is a sin in our hearts, we should be humble enough to ask God for help and to bring it to our brothers and sisters so that they can help us, keep us accountable, and have them pray for us. And now, again, there is a great need for Bible study, for studying your word. I know I emphasize on our, on our daily reading, but I know there's also a tendency when you're just reading your Bible with the speed, you know, with, with the tendency to just hurry up because I got to go to work, right? I woke up late. I got to get ready. You know, it's... When we say God knows... We should know that He does. He truly does. We should ask ourselves actually... Do I know God the way God really is? Because you know what? When you're out there in the world, when we're out there in the world, pretend you're trying to share the gospel. Do you, do you, will you agree with me that some of our friends and family believe in a God that's not really God? Do you believe that? I would say so. If, if they are not... If they are not atheists, they believe in a God that they made up or someone else made up for them. They are not believing in the real God of Moses, real God of Jeremiah, the God of David, right? 
Because they're going to tell you a different God. If they tell you they just believe in a God of love and they don't believe in a God of judgment, they believe in the God of Oprah. <laughs> they believe in the God of Oprah. Because God of, the God of love is also the God of judgment. So, when we're sharing the gospel to people that we know have not surrendered their lives to Christ, and they tell us, oh, I, God knows. The answer there is, I know he does. The question is, do you know God? You know, it, it's, it's a constant conversation. It's not an easy conversation. It never is. It never is. It, nobody wants to be proven wrong. Nobody, nobody wants to be told that they have been believing in a God that's, wrong, that's an, the, the false God. That their faith all this time is wrong. Nobody wants to believe that. Nobody wants to accept that. But our God, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, God of David, the God of Moses, the God of Paul, He is the real God. And He is a God of judgment. He is a God of love. And He is a God who knows all things. And there is a great need for us Christians too to continue to know God. There's so many things about God that we don't know up to now, right? There's so many things about it. There, yeah, you could go in a general aspect. You know, you could go to a Bible study and they'll give you the characters of God, you know, and, and the doctrines here, the doctrines there. You could, you could sit on a class and, and, and see that and have it in your pocket, have it in your notes. But knowing God intimately on those particular characters will not be the same if you don't really walk with Him. Reading about it and, and then walking with him are two different things. Now, for the, the illustration for this is Paul, the Apostle Paul. Did you know that as Paul got to know Jesus Christ, he described himself differently. Every time he knew of God in a different level, he described himself less and less. Let me explain. The highest that he described himself, Paul, was he was a super apostle. Uh, he put it in Galatians 2, 6-9, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5, and chapter 12-11. to 11. And then when he got to know God more, he then became, on the medium part, he called himself least of the apostles. And he described that, and you'll read that in 1 Corinthians 15, 9. And as he got to know God more, as he continues to walk and struggle in his life and, and got to experience more of God's suffering, then he called himself, this is his medium low, least of saints. He, you read that in, in the, when he said fullness of God, Ephesians 3.19 and Ephesians 3.8. And then before he got his head cut off, Remember the last book that he wrote were, were first uh, Timothy and, and, and Philippians, right? And in First Timothy, he called himself worst of sinners. Worst of sinners. Imagine, God knows our ending. God knew us before we were born, and God knows when we're all going to die. We don't know. God knows. God knows that we're going to fall maybe minutes after accepting Him as our Lord. God knew it. 
God knew how many years our backsliding was going to be. God knew it, but He provided a way that we, at the end of the day, God knows that we're going to finish this race in victory because He already guaranteed that. God knows how much we can take, but we don't, right? The question is, do we know God? Do we know the right God? Because God knows, but do we? Do we know who God is? Do we know what He really wants? Is it really? We know as Christians, the first step is we know it's not about us going to heaven. It's about Christ's work on the cross, correct? It's not about our good works. It's about Christ's work on the cross. We all know that. But do we know that we have to continue to live our life in a holy manner because our God is a holy God? But do we know that we're not going to lose our salvation even though we fall? Right? So those are many things that we need to continue to read, study, and know. And as you get to know stage by stage of God, then you will be walking ever so closely with Him. And the more you know of God, the more, the less of a stumble you'll, you'll have. Now the third point, God knows before we even ask. Uh, Jamie, what's our time? Because my timer is no longer. Okay, I got 12 minutes. Okay, never mind. Uh, verse 4 <coughs> reads, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Now, this reminds me of Peter. Remember when, before Peter actually denied Jesus, Jesus already told him, before the rooster crows, you would have denied me three times. Right? So, God already knew, even before the event happened. So many of us, if not all, we will automatically think of, of a prayer request when we see this verse. Of a prayer request that uh, even before we ask for the request, God already knows it. And we won't be wrong thinking that. But I just want us to also think about the fact that God knows how much we can handle in regards to trials in our lives. I know I've been hinting on it in the past few points. And even before we say that we cannot do it anymore, God already knew that. God already knew that we can no longer handle it. Now to add to the first and second point, to this last point, God knows how much we can handle, what our breaking point is. He knows what will really get us to surrender to Him. He sees our hearts and He sees the intent of our hearts despite the covering of the multitude or the lack of words that we do. And even before we say it in our prayers, God already knows what we truly need. And that's all amazing for me. What do I mean? In the verse of, um, remember Pharaoh? Exodus 5.2. Look at Exodus 5.2 first. It says, Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. God already knew that Pharaoh was going to say this, because look at Exodus 4.21. The Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son. I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn. Now, even before Moses met Pharaoh, met with Pharaoh, 
God knew what Pharaoh was going to say. Because Pharaoh's heart was very prideful. Again, when we said, God knows everybody's hearts, right? God knows everybody's intent. Even though we say, oh, okay, because we don't, we don't, right? We say, I love you, praise God. We're like, yeah, praise God, I haven't seen you for a long time, I miss you. And then we turn around, che. Didn't want to see you. I can't believe you still showed up, right? You mean, we, we said the right things. We acted the right way, right? Everybody saw it. Each other felt it, maybe, the sincerity. And then we turn. God heard the che, the silent che, right? Be, because there's, there's, no, there's no hiding it from him. That's the point. We can hide it from each other as, as much as we want, as well as we do. But you know what, folks? There's no hiding it from Him. God knows the hypocrisy of everything that we do, behind everything that we do. So what's the point? The point is, if we say we have an audience of one, then we should be pleasing that audience. Him. Correct? Some of you agree. I, I, I have a hard time agreeing to that point. I really do. You know why? Because as a pastor, I want to be liked. <laughs> I want to be liked by everybody at church. But when I'm giving you guys counseling as God gives it to me, there are certain times that I know you're not going to like me. But if I'm going after the approval of God... Because it's his approval that I'm going for. It should be, right? You want a pastor that should be going for God's approval first, right? Not yours, correct? Correct. Amen. So when that happens, that becomes very difficult for us. That becomes very straining. But we have to do it. Because look, I want to add it in there. Because when God said, let my, is my people go so that they will worship me. Do we know why Israel was released from Egypt? Not just to get away from slavery, but so that they will worship God. Amen? So do you know when God saved you from your sins? So to take you away from the slavery of your sin, of our sins? Is it so that we will love, live a prosperous life? Live, love, love, be happy, retire early, <laughs> buy the big house. Well, I mean, we could do that. So long as that's secondary to you worshiping Him. Right? Because we are to, we were released from our sins so that we will worship God. Our lives should be about worshiping Him. Can you say Amen. Amen. So how's their attendance on Sundays? <laughs> There's always a tra the trap, right? Amen. All right. How's your attendance on Sundays? How's your giving? How's your, how's your serving Him on, on, on that money part? How are you serving Him on your money part? Because if we say, it's all God's, how about on the money part? How is it? Is it do you give your tithes? Because, you know, tithes is 10%. By the definition of tithes, it's 10. It's not $10. Although if that is your 10, it is $10. 
right? It's again, I'm just I'm just bringing all these things where we could b- apply this to our walk, right? Uh, next verse, next slide, please. So I have three verses here. The first verse is talking about temptation. I know I said earlier that God knows how much we can bear on our trials, but we don't, right? We don't. God gives us so much on our trials so that we will surrender to Him. But in regards to temptation, look at the promise on 1 Corinthians 10.13. Because God knows. We're talking about Him knowing. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will give you a way out so that you can stand up from under it. But when you're tempted, He will also... Right? <laughs> Different version. Okay. In regards to temptation, He will give you a temptation or the, the enemy is the one that tempts us. But God knows that He will only give us just enough so we can still get out of it. But the other definition there is that you can stand up from under it. It means you're already fallen, folks. God also gave us a way out so we can stand up from our fall. God knows that we're going to fall. God doesn't want us to sin. But God knows we will sin. But since He knows that our tendency is to fall, He has also given us enough grace so that we can stand up from our fall. Isn't that amazing? And don't you praise a God that knows everything? Amen? Amen. I would rather know that person that knows everything and tells me, don't worry, Joe, this is how the movie's going to end. You know, so I, I don't like it when somebody tells me the end of a movie, especially if it's very twisty and turny, like mystery for me. I hate it. But I get really stressed out. I, really get, I get really stressed out when I'm watching it and I don't know how it's going to end. And then when I watch it again, because I already know how it's going to end, I'm relaxed and I'm just enjoying the other things. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know she did that. Because I was just focused on this character. That's the same with our Christian life, folks. God already told us that we were, were, were victorious. We're already victorious. So we know how this story is going to end. We will be with Him. So that should remove all our worries. So when we're praying, when, when, when we pray, knowing all of that, when, when you pray and you read and you recite Philippians 4, 6, 7, right? do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer. And supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding will be with you. Then you can recite that and believe that wholeheartedly because you know that God knows. See, us knowing that He knows gives us peace. Us knowing that He knows is not an excuse that we should be careless with our walk. Us knowing that He knows makes should give us a reverent fear like, Lord, I'm sorry I thought about that. See, it'll change. Before you apologize, you'll you ask, uh, uh, you ask for forgiveness from God from punching a guy. Now you're, you're asking for forgiveness for thinking about punching the guy. Because it elevates. Your relationship with him, your knowledge of him elevates. And here in Job 3, 1 to 4, this is where Job got tired of the, the trial of his life. 
he had enough of it to a point that he cursed the day that he was born. And then again in chapter 7, verse 20 in Job, he said, If I have sinned, what have I done to you? You who see everything we do, why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Temptations, God promised us that He will not give us beyond what we can bear. But trials, God will give us beyond what we can bear. Why? To break our pride down. To break it down to the until you have said, Lord, I cannot. Don't me. <laughs> Lord, diko na kaya. Wag ako, right? Wag ako. Don't me. Right? Lord, don't me. I know it's not me. I'm just <laughs> right. It's it's the trials, he will give it to us until we surrender, until we say, Lord. You know that I can no longer handle this. Right? You see? It's not what we know. It's what He knows. Since God knows everything, that should give us peace. That should give us a peace of mind. Because we know that He knows which... He knows which and which... which. Sorry. Since God knows everything, that should give us a peace of mind having a peace of mind, knowing that our love who knows all things loves us so much. And then we recite Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, those who are called according to His purpose. Since God sees everything that we do, even in our hearts, this should put reverent fear that we are to make sure that we ask for His help because we probably aren't doing things right in his eyes all the time. Even if we think we are, like David, it's best to have God to examine our hearts and our minds all the time. Since God knows that we are what we are to say even before we say it, we should trust that all our prayers are answered. Amen? All of them are answered. Even the ones that you did not say even the ones that you were too shy to share or to recite, too hurting, so you were too much in pain, God answered that prayer too. All according to His will. And His will is good because He knows all things. Amen? Amen. So the statement that God knows, it's correct. The question is, do we know? Do we know the God that knows all things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message for us tonight. I pray for your prayer warriors, Lord God. I pray that all the things that they have in their hearts and minds, ah, Lord God, that you will respond to their needs. You will respond to their, you will come to their rescue. You will heal those who are sick, Father, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I pray, Father, for the broken relationships, Lord God, that you will heal them and mend them and be with them. I pray, Father, for my brothers and sisters who are running away from you. I pray that you will bring them back, Father God, like you always do. I pray that we will realize your love for us more than, more than the discipline that we're about to get. Lord God, we, I pray that we will realize that even our discipline is because of your love for us. I pray, Father, for everyone in this building. I pray that you just bless them, guide them. And Father, hear our prayers. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all rise for the closing song.